Love Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. Worked in 
in England for a long time. Oh yeah, and uh, oh yeah, and he's been uh, he's worked with the Guardian, and he also works he does reporting for Democracy Now here in this country. And uh, Greg was uh, oddly enough he was banned by most uh, by by uh, newspapers and so his, his work with his, his reports because. Uh, you know, he, he was too, he, too he, honest. He, he was too honest. He was, he, yeah, I mean, he, where he got in so much trouble really was in the uh, 2000 elections uh, when he uncovered the, the voting fraud in Florida. And uh, with and the hanging chads. No, with the hanging chads. If you remember that, the, folks. You know, with purging the the, the registries and yeah. and, uh, and and all kinds of problems that existed. We had when he wrote his book, um, Best Money Democracy Book Combined. Back in two, came up with it in 2004. We were on our um, FM show and uh, we on uh, Q103, and uh, it was it was great. It was amazing because we were we were just about to go through the next uh, election cycle. Cycle, yeah. Right, and that cowardly bastard Kerry uh, conceded that election. All right, even though they, they proved that there was over three million votes not counted. All right, for Kerry.
Joining me now to talk about a few of those skeletons is Greg Powell, investigative reporter with BBC News and The Guardian, and author of the New York Times bestseller, Billionaires and, Band- and Ballot Bandits, How to Steal an Election in Nine Easy Steps. Greg, welcome back. Glad to be with you, Tom. It's always great to see you. So what is the Committee for Our Children's Future, and what role did they play in helping Christie in 2012? That's what I'd like to know. Committee for Our Children's Future put $6 million into saying that Chris Christie had performed more miracles than uh, Jesus did at that wedding. Uh, Now, when the New York Times investigated, uh, Chris Christie's office indicated that it was just a bunch of old college chums of, of Christie that put up this money. But no one explained how these working class guys and these middle class guys got $6 million promote Governor Christie. But as soon as I heard the, the uh, phrase, children's future, Committee for Our Children's Future, I knew it wasn't started in New Jersey by Christie's chums. I went back into my old file, almost 20 years old, and found out that Campaign for Our Children's Future was started by David and Charles Koch, huh. who was a front organization used to funnel money, at that time illegally, from Koch Industries to Republican candidates. It was shut down after Senate investigators realized it was being used as a money laundering operation to help their political buddies. This $6 million spent by the newly resurrected Children's Future happened to come the same week that David Koch announced that he was pushing Chris Christie for president. It also happened at the same time that, um, that Children's Future was represented by a group called BlackRock. BlackRock is the organization uh, which also is the sole spokesperson for a group called Restore Our Future. And one of the main funders of Restore Our Future is Bill Koch, the third Koch brother. This all happened after secret meetings, which were never, never shown on Christie's schedule, between David Koch and Chris Christie and Charles and David Koch, uh, one in Manhattan, one meeting in Manhattan, one meeting in Vail, Colorado. These were not on his uh, schedule. Why is this important? Because, Tom, if Christie is secretly coordinating, consulting, giving any hint, or working at all with the Cokes on an, a so-called independent committee to spend $6 million to promote him and blow up his political career, that's still against the law. Citizens United or not, that's still the last remaining law that. Chris Christie may have figured out how to break. That's why we need a subpoena on the big boys, on the billionaires around Chris Christie. Whoa. That's, that's, that's astounding. How, first of all, if, the, if these meetings were not on the governor's schedule, how did you find out that he was hanging out with the Cokes? Well, you should understand, I was working with the FBI about 17 years ago, hunting down the Cokes. I didn't even know who they were. I, then I wrote an article called the billionaires, the richest guys you've never heard of. So I've been keeping files on them for about 17 years, and that's how I found Committee for Our Children's Future. I traced this back with the help of uh, the great reporter Brad Friedman, who got the tapes out of the, uh, the secret tapes out of the meeting out of Vail, Colorado. There was a mention in the tape by David Koch of a private meeting with Chris Christie. Now, the interesting thing is that wasn't on Mr. Christie's schedule. He also had a meeting at the Manhattan Institute with another billionaire uh, known as uh, Paul the Vulture Singer, 
So Vulture also is a big fan of Christie's and put money uh, into Restore Our Future. We need to know if these billionaires are pulling their old trick of using children's future as, a, as an illegal front for um, putting money behind a candidate in coordination with the candidate. It, it's very much a, a kind of Coke trick. The, you know, David Coke is a bit like uh, Moriarty. Uh, he's got to let you know that he's being a bad boy. So using the name of his old organization, which was found to be conducting illegal activities, is kind of like a wink-wink, like, I'm still here, look out, and I've got, I've got a big checkbook behind me. Well, do you know for a fact that this new CCF is the same as the old one or has the same, I mean, are you, how do you know that it actually is the Coke money as opposed to Pete Peterson or something, some other billionaire? Yeah, well, this is, what, this is why we need subpoenas on more than traffic cones, because all we know is this, secret meetings with David and Charles Koch. No one is in the room except for Chris Christie and the Koch. Suddenly, uh, there's $6 million by guys who don't have $6 million using a front organization which was, in fact, started by the Koch 17 years ago. Is this the same? Is, does this mean that their money was actually handed to them by the Koch brothers? We can't find out because Committee for Our Children's Future is, under the tax laws, technically a social welfare charity. It's a 501 can't find out who put the money behind it. Wow. It's a 501c4. And so they can't, we can't find out. All we know is the same week that Koch is and the three Koch brothers, remember that there are three that you have to keep an eye on, Charles, David, and Billy. Right. you got three Koch brothers pushing the billionaire's club, which is pushing Christie's. At the so same why? Time, why? $6 million spent. Why, why, why oh, do the billionaires, you said Paul Singer, too, why, why do the billionaires like Chris Christie? What is it about him that, that, that causes them to want to pour money into his campaign? Uh, two words, carried interest. There's a special billionaire's tax loophole called carried interest. Paul the Vulture Singer picked up $1.3 billion on a hit on the U.S. Treasury that he sucked out of the auto uh, bailout fund. Uh, the Cokes have also made massive amounts of uh, money, which is subject to, which, in which they can uh, hide their earnings through carried interest. And so you have a bunch of billionaires. Very few people have access to this uh, tax loophole. You, you're you're saying if you call your income carried interest instead of income or instead of dividends, that it's taxed at a different rate than if it was like you or me getting a paycheck? Exactly, but almost there's very few people on this in America that can access this, and they have saved billions of dollars. Obama was threatening to close this loophole. Chris Christie has said in the secret tape that he would not commit a so-called tax on millionaires. The words that they all right, we're gonna, uh, we're attempting to uh, call. We're gonna call uh, Greg, uh, Greg right now, and uh, should be on with us very shortly. It'll just take us a couple of minutes. I mean, there's all kinds of things that he's talked about. His website is great. All kinds of videos and articles on all kinds of problems. From here in this country to problems. Hello? Greg. Oh, oh, hey, Greg. Hey. Hey, this is, uh, this is Leo and Lila. Hi, Leo Greg. Leo Show. How are you? Glad to be with you. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. We were just... Uh, looking at your website and um, talking about it. We were talking with the, um, we just played uh, your latest, uh, one of your one of your latest uh, interviews with uh, Russian TV, uh, the uh -huh. uh -huh. but we yeah. also uh, 
uh, reviewed your uh, your uh, your your new uh, <coughs> vultures and uh, uh, vultures and vote wrestlers. And vote wrestlers, yeah. Boy, that, right. that's that's quite a, a video, a DVD. Lots right, you can. Sorry. You've been a busy guy, a very very busy guy. I don't think you've missed anything. <laughs> well, there's still more to go. But for those who want in on what we're talking about, uh, Vultures and Vote Rustlers is my newest film, which you get a DVD or download. It's a little more than an hour, and it is my investigations for BBC television and um, expanded. So you get the inside on the um, Deepwater Horizon, on Vultures, on Vote Theft, um, you know, you name it, the world, you know, the, the New World Order and the World Bank, uh, the, the whole thing. So it's a lot, it's like eight different stories, including ending with a little cartoon done by Ted Rall on the Koch brothers and, uh, the, and their uh, billionaire buck buddies and their, uh, and their buddy Chris Christie. So you can get that at, at gregpalace.com. It's, it's not commercially available yet because I'm pre-releasing it only through my not-for-profit foundation, which supports uh, investigative reporting. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, um, I, I actually infuriated when I saw it, how, how much um, money uh, is being made on the backs of these poor people uh, in all these uh, in all these countries. In all these third world countries. And it all goes back to the same people, the singer character. And the, Paul, the, you call him Paul the Vulture Singer. Yeah. He, he's, he's quite yes. a personality, isn't he? Wow. Yes, well, Paul the Vulture Singer, when we talk about how these billionaires are ripping off third world countries, uh, oh. we're one of those countries, third world countries, like Detroit. And, yeah. uh, you, you know, Detroit just went bankrupt. It didn't go bankrupt. I mean, you're suddenly hearing from our press that, oh, Detroit went bankrupt because they paid too much, they paid their cops and firemen too much for their pensions. Well, excuse me, does anyone remember that that Detroit used to be called Motown? It's the place where we once had an auto industry. And the reason Detroit went bankrupt is because we lost auto jobs. They lost nearly half the population of the city uh, because of of the destruction of the auto industry. Now, who destroyed it? Now, we've all heard that General Motors was saved, whatever that means. But the, the big, but the, the general, the parts that go into the cars, which used to be made by Delco uh, division of General Motors, mm-hmm. that was spun off into a separate company called Delphi. And a bunch of these vulture operators got a hold of it, and they moved every single job, every union job, every one, 35,000 jobs were moved to China. Now, um, now the partner of Paul the Vulture Singer, the guy that did this, is a guy is well actually his partner is named Ann Romney. Uh, now it, I found this out because Ann Romney's blind trust ain't so blind, you know. Oh, I mean, boy. she may be walking around with uh, with a little white cane, but there's uh, you know the blindfold is more like uh, you know sunglasses, well, and so. I was able to get into that so-called blind trust, just as they know what's in the blind trust. And in the blind trust was um, their partnership with Paul the Vulture Singer. That's where the Romneys made their money. He, by the way, he didn't make his big money from Bain Capital. He made it from his partnership with Paul the Vulture Singer. And one thing that, that the Vulture did, as you'll find out in, if you go to GregPalace.com in that film, is that the, the Vulture Singer um, was able to 
uh, take down the U.S. Treasury for $12 billion, $12 billion, and um, Romney and four of his billionaire friends pocketed $4 billion of that. Now, four guys, I want to repeat that, four guys pocketed $4 billion. How they do this, when, when um, the government, uh, Obama and, and, well, both Bush and Obama decided to bail out the auto industry, these guys had them literally buy the parts. Um, it, GM had ridiculously um, sold off its entire parts division, on which it was completely dependent. Often these plants were right next to the GM assembly plants, and since they were one operation, GM ne- never kept any parts. And Singer's boys told um, told the, the the White House and told the uh, the auto czar that Obama had appointed, if you don't give us what we want, $12 billion, we're shutting down General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford tomorrow morning. And the, the uh, White House's guy asked the, the uh, chairman of General Motors, can they really do that? I mean, how many days parts do you have in the warehouse? And the guy said, General Motors said, we have maybe a day, maybe two days worth of parts. So General Motors was two days away from shutting down. When I say shutting down, I mean just bankruptcy. They were in bankruptcy, but not liquidation. They would have been liquidated. Same with Chrysler, liquidated, eliminated. The White House panicked and wrote these guys a check for $12 billion, of which they kept $4 billion. And then they shut down all but five auto parts uh, operations. They sold four back to General Motors and... They've only have one single plant without a single union job in the U.S. Every other job went to China. That was Mitt Romney, by the way. And, and this started out, by the way, with a cover story I did for Nation Magazine. So I got inside this whole operation and got the real skinny. But you didn't see it anywhere because this thing was totally, totally blacked out. Totally. Even though, by the way, Romney referenced the article during the debate and never denied that he made that money. I'm surprised, Greg, that you're still walking around. You, well, <laughs> you've exposed. So you know, it, it's interesting. When in England, of course, I'm very, very mainstream. You turn on your nightly news, and and there I am. And when I do reports, the prime minister and parliament have to react to it. But in the United States, my stuff gets so buried, they don't have to. They don't have to knock me off because they've already buried me. You can't. Uh, you're not going to get this stuff. Uh, like uh, your show is fantastic. You're breaking through the electronic Berlin Wall, which keeps my stuff out of the U.S. So these stories may be headline news in the rest of the world, but in the U.S., they they're completely spiked, completely, utterly killed. Right, right, right. Uh, they are. They are. The mainstream media doesn't touch on anything that uh, criticizes corporations or the so individuals a, of any depth. We had a situation in this, up here in this area where there are actually the three major, uh, three major radio stations in, uh, mm-hmm. that... These that, um, uh, to be independent. They were all independent, the one we were on, uh, but, uh, for, but they're all now NPR. All playing the mm-hmm. same thing. All playing the same thing. And you've got, yep. you know... You National... Know, Yes, National Petroleum Radio. Did you know that, that, the, that the number one corporate spot, that the official corporate sponsor of the PBS NewsHour yep. is Chevron? You will oh, never yeah. get, now I've done investigations of Chevron, you will never hear it on NPR, 
you will never see it on PBS because they're owned and controlled by those oil companies. Well, look at look at uh, you know look at we, we our 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 um, my big surprise was how involved the Koch brothers are with with the PBS. That was a shock. And, uh, they sponsor solely sponsor Nova, all right. Right. And, and a couple other shows. And you got the Pew Foundation. We found out is 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 completely yeah. yeah the Pew yeah Foundation. Pew Charitable Trust yeah are completely anti-union. Yeah. All right, and, and they're, you know they're putting out all this. They're they're in uh, in cahoots with, with the Koch brothers in uh, union bashing and public uh, public union bashing, and uh, we we just overwhelmed, uh, overwhelmed by the by the uh, 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 lack of coverage, and now they're now what they've done ever since uh, I don't know if you if you recall, but in October of last year. Uh, the NSA came out with a with a warning that said any anybody online uh, will be censored. Who anyone who's who's uh, supporting uh, Snowden or Edward Snowden or running his videos or you know what I mean? And uh, will be I mean, technically will, will be that's right. Did, well, did, did you see that warning that they sent out? Well, of course, by by definition. Mm-hmm. When you are repeating national security information, you're violating the law. And in England, now, of course, I work with two English outlets. One is The Guardian, and they're run by a not-for-profit foundation, by the way. They're not there for profit, The Guardian. People don't realize that The Guardian newspaper is actually not-for-profit. And um, the MI5 actually came in to the offices, grabbed the computers and the hard drives out of the editor's offices, Went to the parking lot and took hammers and smashed the our uh, newspapers' computers in the parking lot at uh, in Whoa. London. And um, of course, as our editor kept telling them, "Thank you for smashing all our stuff. Do you think we're so stupid as to keep all our Snowden information in computers in London? So you're now <laughs> destroying our hard drives. But you know, let me tell you, we have them all over the place. You know, from the USA to the USSR. You know, I mean, it's." Uh, we have so many copies of this stuff all over the place. There's no way you could smash every machine. But, you know, if you want to make a mess in the parking lot and look like idiots, you know, go play. What was so, your that? But I think that they knew, while they knew that, they were trying to make a point to other newspapers. We'll destroy you if you come out against us. We'll destroy you. Well, we played the entire Snowden uh, uh, um, interview. Uh, the first and the second one on this show, and um, uh, and the odd thing was is we had a series of crashes, um, spikes and crashes, uh, uh, you know, uh, and um, and uh, our own and the major networks that were on. Well, I've got mm-hmm. uh, about three weeks ago got a, a, a complete server uh, hack, got their server hacked, you know, and wiped out the right. network for, for a wonderful night. But what's What's important is the information in this material, including even better than Snowden's. Snowden's stuff is nothing compared to the material that we have from um, from private Manning, from oh, the WikiLeaks documents, which are quite extraordinary. Now, there's a guy with guts. He, he's, he's in prison for the next uh, 25 years because um, just to make sure that we know what our government is up to. Well, and... And, and I have that. If you go into, if you, if you pick up a copy of Vultures and Vote Rustlers, and again, you can only get it at my site, gregpalace.com. We do that, again, to support investigative reporting. We, ex- well, we, we ask for donations. 
that, yeah. that in uh, Kazakhstan or in Kazakhstan or that in in Azerbaijan and and what happened is is that BP and you'll see this in the film before the Deepwater Horizon by the way that that was four years ago this month before the Deepwater Horizon blew up in the Gulf of Mexico yeah. you had a blowout almost identical to that seventeen months earlier in the Caspian Sea, in a nation called Azerbaijan. If you've never heard of Azerbaijan, don't worry about it. That's, you know, because it's one of these, I call it the Islamic Republic of BP. It was uh, one of these uh, things that got pooped out by the Soviet Union when it collapsed in, uh, in 89. And it's an oil dictatorship, which is owned by British Petroleum. They're able to cover up the fact of the blowout by bribing people, beating people, and, um, you know, and plus they had now what was really evil about it, I went to Azerbaijan. You'll see in the film, I go to Azerbaijan and I get in the Caspian Sea and I get arrested. Yep. I still have pictures of me being arrested because while they took our, our cameras, they didn't take my pen. They didn't care about my pen, but my pen had a little video camera in it. <laughs> and, um, and at any rate, so they had a little video camera. In it, so that's why you get those shaky shots of me under arrest. In addition... Um, but I still was kicked out of the country, so I thought I didn't have the evidence, and, and lo and behold, I look inside the WikiLeaks documents, and there is the head of BP of Azerbaijan in telling secretly, telling our own State Department about the blowout, and they're telling the State Department, you can tell our partners Exxon and Chevron this is why they're not getting their money, so we had a blowout, our own State Department participated in the cover-up. Our own State Department participated in the cover-up of the blowout of BP's offshore rig in Azerbaijan because our State Department covered it up. They didn't do anything to change the methods in the Gulf of Mexico off American shores. And they continued to use the same process that led to the blowout in the first place. It's called nitrogen-laced cement. You put Nitrogen bubbles in, in cement so it will dry faster. Faster is month, saves money, right? So they use this, this money-saving cement process, which doesn't work in deep water. You know, sometimes it will blot, as we saw in Azerbaijan, but they covered it up. Eleven men were incinerated, burnt to death on that rig because BP and our State Department covered it up. We only know it because of Sergeant uh, uh, Private Manning. I, I, he should be called General Manning, in my opinion. Because yeah, <laughs> anyone, anyone who protects the American people, as he's done, should be um, promoted to general. Listen, I wanted to ask you, because uh, you, you covered it in, the, in your video, but the uh, Louisiana, uh, you know, the, the, Gulf of, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, what is the, uh, what, what the hell uh, happened there? Uh, back, I mean, it's been silence. There's been absolutely no media coverage on that that we found. Um, yes. Um, so what happened that um, that the what they didn't tell you was that two things happened. Number one, BP 25 years ago in Alaska was responsible for containing and cleaning up the oil spill, the Exxon Valdez. That's 25 years ago this week, right. and yeah. they didn't do it. When that ship hit in Alaska, why am I bringing up Alaska? I'll tell you why. Because BP was supposed to have, you know, when, when a ship, oil tankers run aground um, and oil rigs blow out, mm -hmm. it happens. It shouldn't happen, but it does. And when it does, 
just like when you have a fire in a city, you have a fire truck and a fire department. Well, you're supposed to have an oil spill containment response vessel, which has rubber boom, which is basically a big rubber skirt you put around the ship or you put around the oil rig, put around several of these skirts, oil floats, and then you skim it off. You just take a hose and you skim it out. This happened in Galveston last week. A, a, a barge ran aground, oil bunk, a barge ran aground. Within minutes, 69,000 feet of rubber boom were put around it. 21 sucker ships uh, came in and just sucked the stuff out. And we didn't destroy the Gulf Coast of, of Texas because of that spill. But in Alaska, there was no rubber boom. There were no skimmers. There was no emergency crew. Why? Because BP lied. BP said it would have that equipment. It didn't have that equipment. It was a complete fabrication and a lie. Because who's going to look out there in the Prince William Sound except a bunch of natives? Yeah. And the natives who had been were supposed to be the emergency crews weren't there. They just watched that ship run aground. They didn't have the equipment. They didn't have the ships. They didn't have anything. And they just watched that ship run aground and destroy their lands. In the Gulf, the same thing. BP said, before we drill in the Gulf of Mexico, we will have. We promise you we will have the containment ships. We'll have the emergency equipment. We'll have the emergency crews. You look at those you get uh, my. Uh, you go to gregpalace.com, get vultures and vote rustlers, and you will see surrounding the um, the uh, oil uh, the oil rig. You'll simply you'll see that there's no rubber boom, there's no skimmer ships, there's a bunch of fire uh, you know fire boats ridiculously spraying this oil fire with water. They might as well have just you know spat on it or used seltzer bottles. It would have had the same effect. There was no containment. And therefore, 600 miles of the Gulf Coast line was wrecked. And most of that, by the way, is still wrecked. People don't understand. You go out to the shoals off of Gulfport, and you will uh, and, and dig down eight inches into those shoals. Today, you will hit crude oil. As a result of, that, of their uh, strikingly immoral behavior, what containment has been put on what I call a rogue company, BP? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they haven't. Look, the Obama administration um, keeps making a point, oh, we don't want to get rid of BP. Why not? They lied to us. In fact, their vice president for exploration, the head of their Gulf operation, a guy named David Rainey, is under federal felony indictment for lying to Congress. He's under indictment. That should disqualify you. Yet last week, the Obama administration said BP can start drilling again. And not only that, they gave BP the right to drill a tract right next to where the deep water horizon went down. So what was the cost of BP? Nothing. In Alaska, and I tell you, I worked on the investigation for three years. I was one of the official investigators. Um, BP paid nothing. There was a $125 million insurance company that the oil uh, insurance fund the oil companies had. BP said, here, take that, but let us off the hook. We had desperate people up there who needed money, so they had to take it. BP paid not one dime because of the Exxon Valdez disaster, which they, even more than Exxon, were responsible for. So they learned we don't have to pay any money in the Gulf. Things like that in the Gulf. And now they're crying that they have to pay some money, but they, it doesn't cost them net anything. It's all ask, from their profits for the Gulf. Now let me ask you what happened to that $40 billion that suddenly turned to $20 billion, all right? <laughs> yeah, and $7 billion, right. So, yeah. First, BP said it was going to spend 
forty billion. Then it said it's going to spend twenty billion. Right. Then they reached a settlement for seven billion, it but is, now is. they're crying because it's going a little bit over seven billion to the people whose lives they destroyed. You but watched you know, that film, mine, and yeah, you know, and you get to meet the people who who are ruined by this by this disaster. It's, it's no joke. Not just the people who were killed. People lost everything that they had, their businesses, their jobs. And then the only thing left for them to do is work for BP for $14 an hour, no benefits, and no protection from the oil that, that people were picking up. BP is literally killing these people. You're going to have people who are going to die from cancer from working for BP because they were desperate. Well, yeah. the, the, greatest, the greatest injustice, that, uh, you know, uh, abortion of justice that I ever saw, okay, uh, with that was when they... They, they disallowed 100,000 claims, all right? The one judge disallowed 100,000 claims, all right, for, uh, uh, against the BP. Uh, you know, in that, in that fund, all right? Mm-hmm. Did, did you, did well, you yes. Get, yeah, I mean, in one Phil's judgment, he wiped out 100,000 claims, all right, and said they well, weren't going right? to. For, for those who've read. Well, I'm sorry? Yeah. For those who read my book, Vulture's Picnic, you know that the guy that was put in charge of the fund in the first place was Ken, Fein, Ken Feinberg. Yeah. And the problem with Feinberg, I, I've, written, I've investigated this guy before, and I know him well, actually. And let me tell you, as I like to say, as I said in the book, when the system needs to screw the public, they need a screwdriver. And, they all, and the screwdriver is uh, Ken Feinberg. He's the guy... They call in every time they want to shaft victims of a massive crime and who always comes up with ways to cut the amount of the payout. And you know what the funny part is? BP said he was too generous. And this is Mr. Hatchet, which just shows you how bad things have gotten. Well, he was the same guy that, that, that he's, he's involved. He was the uh, uh, referee, if you will, for, for Sandy Hook victims. Did you know, yeah, did he's you... always brought in Sandy, for Sandy Hook, for... For yeah, yeah. asbestos victims, he's always the guy there to tell you why you're going to take ten cents on the dollar. Okay, so you lost your business, you lost your home. Here's twenty thousand dollars. Now go find a nice cardboard box to live in. You know, I mean, and so this is. But but you know, like I say, BP is complaining that he was too generous, which is like, I've never. I mean. <laughs> This is the stingiest guy that's ever walked the planet. That's why they always use him. And that wasn't bad enough for BP. And yet, and yet uh, Mr. Obama has never said, BP owes. BP must pay and then get the hell out. Because if you – look, if you, rent, if you are renting a house or an apartment from someone and you spill a bunch of motor oil all over the living room, they'll throw you out, they'll cancel your lease, and they'll charge you for the damage. And you don't get to live there anymore. That's pretty right. simple. And here, we say, oh, no, no, here, have the next house, too. Here, here go ahead, do whatever you want. Go, have, go make money, here, go. You know, it is an insult, it's a tragedy, and what it says to the oil companies is you can crap all over us and we'll say thanks. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, if this was, I, I read this back then when, I, when it came out, but I, the, the thing that amazed me was that I, almost a year to the day, of, the, of that oil spill, Obama agreed, okay, allowed um, the VP to uh, not have to, for, for some reason, they were allowed not to have to sign the, uh, uh, the new agreement 
that, uh, that, that was made with all the other oil companies there on safety standards. Obama was allowed, he had a private meeting with the, the chairman, with the president of, of BP, and That's they, right. gave, uh, they gave uh, a BP a, pat, uh, mm-hmm. a waiver uh, on safety standards for their rig. And one you want to know why? Yeah, why? BP, who is BP? It's British Petroleum, which is still owned, you know, you still have substantial British interests. But the number one holder of BP, the number one by far, holding directly or indirectly 46% of the shares, is J.P. Morgan of New York. Now, J.P. Morgan is headed by, its chairman and CEO is Jamie Dimon. And Obama has said over and over again, Jamie Dimon is his favorite banker. Now, there's no sense our government bailing out J.P. Morgan with billions of dollars if we're then going to sink their oil company. So that's a special level of protection that BP has. BP also has a sec- another level of extra protection, which is that, remember, it was part of the British government years ago, and all its executives, I mean every single executive of BP was also an officer in MI6, They're the British uh, Foreign Intelligence, really? the James Bond outfit. And those, that MI6 relationship remains today even as a private company. So, for example, when I was in Azerbaijan, I spoke to two BP executives, and one, by the way, is a member of parliament today who says that you know, he was MI6 and BP. He's a member of parliament. This is not some whack. He's a you know, former BP vice president, and, and today he's uh, a member of parliament. He said, yeah, of course. It was one organization. That was the whole point. I also spoke to, you'll see on film, on, in Vultures and Vote Rustlers, if you go to gregpalace.com, you'll see a guy named Les Abrahams who, who tells me he worked for MI6 and he worked for BP simultaneously, and he personally handed bribes to government officials, millions of dollars in bribes government officials. One of the reasons he said this is, one, I think he's kind of coming to the end of his life and wants to unload this burden, but the other is that, and you'll love this, until recently, it was not against the law for a British citizen to pay a bribe, period. Wow. Until recently, you could pay bribes. You could pay bribes to members of parliament. You could pay bribes to foreign officials. And so, so he could talk about it and if you, not fear jail. Is it against the law now there? The European Union because uh, Britain's part of the European Union. The European Union now requires all of its members to have anti-bribery laws. They're quite weak, because even after Britain passed its anti-bribery law, it was discovered that, um, that British Aerospace, BAE, that Brito, British Aerospace Enterprises had paid $200 million to the royal family of Saudi Arabia as a bribe to get the, the Saudis to buy their jets. $200 million bribe. It was uncovered, and the British government said that's a national security matter, no prosecution. Boom. Completely covered up. So, so, you know, so, in other words, bribery, and then, by the way, if you think it's just in Britain, British Petroleum, as I told you, and uh, seven other oil companies paid massive bribes 
to the president of Kazakhstan, another nation on the Caspian Sea with massive oil, the president of Kazakhstan, the bagman who took the money to the president of Kazakhstan was arrested because the Swiss police told the FBI that some guy's making payments to the president of Kazakhstan. The FBI actually arrested this guy. He was charged and faced 10 to 20 years in prison and millions of dollars in fines. And then he said, yes, well, you can't charge me because I work for the National Security Agency. And the judge, and this is the court records, the judge looked at the national security records. He's allowed to. Defense or uh, prosecution is not allowed to, just the judge. And the judge, I went to the sentencing. The, the guy pled guilty, and the judge said, no, you're not. <laughs> we are so sorry to have inconvenienced you. <laughs> you are a hero for bringing, yes, you did work for the National Security Agency, and uh, everything you did was uh, to save uh, America's access to the oil of the Caspian Sea. So the judge, this is actually on court records, public records, the U.S. government helped and authorized the oil companies to, to pay bribes in the Caspian Sea. Now the problem with that is, the problem with that is, is that we end up with, with disasters like the Gulf Coast, because once you start paying these bribes and get involved with these dictators and everything becomes closed and sealed and hushed up, when you have a disaster in the Gulf, uh, in the Caspian Sea, that could warn us about dangers in the Gulf, we can't know about it, because that would upset the dictators we've just bought off. So, right. so, in other words, we pay for that, not just the bribery. We also pay for it in, in lives and destruction. Hmm. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. But um, the, there, there's two other areas. I, 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 it's on your website because, uh, mm-hmm. that I, I saw, which I wanted to ask you about. One, one was the um, uh, Fukushima. Well, the, yes, the, Investigation he pulled up there was that 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 was amazing. Uh, <clears throat> these guys actually knew that this thing was going to blow up if there was any kind of earthquake, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I believe it or not, I actually was an investigator for the U.S. government for the Justice Department, racketeering and fraud. So before I was a investigative reporter, that's what my job was. I was an investigator, and for the government, I investigated. Uh, the builders, the, ma- the major builders of U.S. nuclear plants. And uh, one company, Stone and Webster, which is now called Shaw, um, one company, which is the main builder of nuclear plants, we found out from them that, the, that what are called the emergency diesel generators could, did not properly work. These are used as supposed, they failed in Fukushima because they can't fail, they'll fail everywhere. But even more important, I got notebooks of the engineers saying that the nuclear plant that they are working on could not withstand any type of even minor earthquake. It was seismic qualification, they call it. And by the way, that that includes being hit by an airplane. That includes a truck backing up in the containment building, anything that shakes the the nuclear plant, right, Uh, including an earthquake, of course. course They knew and they faked the seismic qualification of the plant. The problem was that this was the same crews and workmen that did Fukushima. They were systematically understating the, uh, they were overstating the ability of the plants to withstand earthquakes. So that even though, yes, it's true, Fukushima was not designed to withstand a 9-0 earthquake, but there wasn't a 9-0 earthquake there. That was all CNN garbage. 
It was a 9-0 earthquake in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, about 200 miles actually off the coast of uh, Japan. By time that earthquake, was if, if, uh, I lived, grew up in Los Angeles. When you would have an earthquake in Mexico, you would feel a little shake in Los Angeles, but a, um, a 5-0 earthquake would, would be 1% of that power by the time it got to Los Angeles. The San Francisco earthquake knocked down buildings, but by the time it got to to uh, Texas, that tremor, you could barely feel it. Same with Fukushima. The, the disaster at Fukushima, there was not a 9-0 massive earthquake at Fukushima. That plant collapsed because it couldn't withstand the tremor that hit it, which was a fraction of 9-0. And what happened is that those, uh, that those buildings couldn't withstand that shake. The pipes were breaking, and it completely obliterated the emergency diesel generators. There's a fake story. You know, they gave out the story that the emergency diesel generators were flooded. That's one of the few things that didn't happen. The emergency diesel generators were on high ground way behind the plant. Seawalls protected the plant. You may see houses, those pictures of houses floating away in Fukushima, but right. the nuclear plant was, was pretty dry. And mm-hmm. it's just that the shake and the need to turn on those things at high speed suddenly snapped them on. Every one of their crankshafts broke. I mean every single crankshaft on every single diesel generator backup cracked, and that's what will happen in the United States when you have a disaster. We had a nuclear problem um, a few years ago here on the East Coast, and when the emergency diesel generators went on, they went snap, crackle, pop. They just broke. They are, well, they, they, you might as well put... Christmas tinsels around nuclear plants instead of diesel generators because they're not meant for emergencies. It's all fake. Where was that in the United States, Greg? On the East Coast. I have to go back. It was one of the Carolina plants where they had a a shutdown of the emergency. In other words, a nuclear plant has to keep the types of nuclear plants we have have to have water running through them all the time. This is what happened at Three Mile Island when they lose their water. Um, This is what happened at Chernobyl. At Fukushima, you see the melting. You have to have water continuously passing through. So when the, the generators themselves stop producing power to run their own pumps, you have to have backups. That's emergency diesel generators. The problem is that the emergency diesel generators are the giant old um, generators that they use on cruise ships. In fact, some of them are from old cruise ships. And they're not meant to be snapped on in 12 seconds. They're meant to slow, you know, they, they have big bearings that have to heat up and the oil has to heat up. They're not meant to be just snapped on. And therefore, if you try to take a dead cold diesel generator, monster big diesel generator, and snap it on at 10,000 revolutions per second within a few seconds, they're going to break. And they do. And they that's just do. They just snap. Our, our nuclear plants here, no one has moved to make a change? No, it's yeah. too expensive. You, it's just too expensive. If you got rid of those emergency diesel generators and replace, you'd have to almost have another power plant running full time, just have in you, case have, the nuclear plant went down. Have you done any investigations on Dominion? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dominion, Virginia, of course. Um, they, in fact, you, Dominion, I was interested in because uh, Dominion was going to get involved in using MOX fuel. Uh, which is basically a mixture of plutonium and uh, uranium fuel. They were going to use fuel from nuclear warheads sent to us by the Soviet Union. When the Soviet Union collapsed, 
Russia to uh, had too much, too many of these warheads to control and handle. So we agreed to buy the warheads off of the Russians and demolish them. And the idea was to turn them. It was a goofy idea to turn them into nuclear fuel for American nuclear plants. And Dominion was up to its keister in this goofy scheme. A lot of a lot of con men made millions, and uh, the you know the the poor customers. Of the, of the Dominion companies uh, got uh, fleeced bad, so, you know. And, but thank God they didn't mess, start messing with plutonium in the end because that would have been a very, very bad idea. Anyway, it was a stupid idea. Documentary on uh, on Millstone nuclear power plant uh, back in 2001. And That's right. Millstone is Connecticut, and um, Millstone has the problem that you can't really evacuate. Uh, the area very well. It's 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 all of this. It's I'm not against nuclear power per se. The problem is that as a, as the the guy who was designated to run investigations for the government on the builders is that there's no there's not been a single honest builder building these plants. They can't because if they really did things the honest way and did it all by the book, these plants would cost a hundred billion each. You couldn't you can't make them honestly to be straight about it because if you did you it's already they're already ridiculously expensive so you have to cut safety corners obama just authorized uh 7.3 billion dollars to build a new one hey you can afford it (laughs) you know i mean i know that you got the republicans talking about the 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 wacky solar power company that was uh, and by the way i don't defend obama's little friends from soaking up our money but that was a half a billion this is almost $8 billion to nuclear plant builders. We have never in American history provided a guaranteed federal loan to nuclear plant builders for good reason. The, most plants never get built. They get half built and then abandoned. Yeah, this we, is a, a bailout in advance. Obama's opened up his checkbook, and you know why? You want to know why? Because his chief of staff at the time that they came up with this bailout program in advance for new nuclear plants was Rahm Emanuel, now mayor of Chicago. Rahm Emanuel created created Exelon, the biggest nuclear power company in the United States. So in other words, Rahm Emanuel, who created recreated this new nuclear monopoly monster, Exelon, became the president's chief of staff and authorized a $50 billion loan guarantee program to his own industry, that made him a multimillionaire. That's what happened. And by the way, Obama in his campaign said he would never do that. He would never he 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 uh he he slapped McCain all over. In two thousand eight he was he was making fun of John McCain for wanting to build nuclear plants all over the place. He said, No, the technology's not ready yet and we can't do it and it's still not safe and it's too expensive. The minute he gets in, puts Rahm Emanuel in charge of his staff, that thing got got stuck. And by the way, they they got the authority for that money. You know where that money came from? It was stuck inside the emergency bill for, for providing armor to our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. They actually uh-huh. stuck it in the emergency armor bill for our yeah. troops. They put in this nuclear power subsidy. That's how these guys operate. And, you know, I know that I spent years writing about the corruption of the Bush administration. It looks like what Obama has done is just made it, you know, more professorial. It has a nice – it's corruption with a, with a bigger smile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with a big grin. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. you, 
Very nice guy, though. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's got nice kids, got a nice family, nice guy. And he's not Dick Cheney. He's a monster, right? But what do I care if they're both, you know, grabbing my wallet, irradiating my kids, and poisoning my water? I don't care which one is nice, which one is mean, which one believes in gay marriage, and which one doesn't. You know, like, that's all baloney. These guys are just grabbing with both hands. No, they're just they're just exactly. they're just exactly. evil people. And not and, and That's just, what they just, are. just to add salt to the to the wound. All right, you got uh, Michelle Obama running around uh, asking, making everybody uh, all eat healthy, eat, eat healthy, and, and organic food and gardening, and yet he goes and 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 and, and appoints the head of the FDA. All right. As uh, who is a, a, a former the lobbyist of for Monsanto. Monsanto? Okay, I know. I know. So you know. So th- that's the con. That's the con. In other words, so they, they have Michelle out there with a little spade and hoe, and she's you know in, the, in her little <laughs> organic garden, and you get to eat stuff that will pickle your fingers and turn them blue. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing about. It. I did some investigations of Monsanto, and some of it's so. Evil that I actually started eating organic food after doing it. I used to think it was baloney. Then I started doing investigation of Monsanto, and I said, "Oh my God, I can't! I'm not going to touch this stuff." Of course, on the other hand, you got to believe the labeling. But you know, look, it, it's it's bad. But I'll tell you one thing: there's you. You guys are the are what's going to save this republic because as long as you break through the electronic Berlin Wall, you tell the truth on them, that will make the difference. Listen, I've got to get going. Uh, I'm uh, up against the deadline here. But I will say this. Please visit gregpalace.com and tell me that you heard the show because I, really I, I really want to hear from people that are listening. Greg, i got one, one quick question. Is Occupy sure. Wall Street still in business? No. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, in, in a way, the real Occupy Wall Street, the guys at Occupy Wall Street, Goldman Sachs at the end of the street, and uh, um, you know Lehman, you know the 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 guys that ate up Lehman Brothers. Uh, you've got J.P. Moore, you got the Merrill Lynch, uh, um, and um, you know Bank of America. Yeah. So the guys who originally occupied Wall Street are back occupying it, but the the protesters they uh, disappeared into the night, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean that that protest doesn't exist. We just have to give it a new form. Yeah. Well, thank you. So much for yeah, coming on this show. Thanks. And we'd like okay. to have you back on as soon as you're available. You know, Fantastic. Will do. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay. Good night. Love you, Greg. Thank you. Great job. Oh, my goodness. He has so many facts. I don't know how yeah. he keeps them all in his mind. I don't oh. know either, but he's, uh, he's great. Go to Vultures and, ro- and Vote Wrestlers, yes. and we previewed that. It's excellent. You can uh, you find out about yes. Deepwater Horizon. So if, you, if you'd like to, you can go to his, uh, go to his website, GregBlast.com, all right, and uh, he's got a download right there. You can watch the trailer and also available the download of the actual video uh, itself. And it's uh, he, he asks for a small donation if you can do it, uh, you know, uh,
Fox stations 